The Mind Your Home podcast is now available on video. To watch the video associated with this episode and see any visuals that may be mentioned in the episode, follow the link in the description to the YouTube channel. You're listening to the Mind Your Home podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home podcast. Today, I want to approach this topic of clutter-free living and mental health. Um, I know I see a lot of people out there who are saying that their mental health or depression was completely cured when they went minimalist. And then I have other people who are, you know, reaching out and saying that they disagree with the idea that mental health is at all influenced by clutter-free living because it seems like people are constantly reaching out for something external without tending to what's going on inside. So I want to I want to just share where I'm coming from with this, um, my own personal truth insight into my journey with mental health as it relates to clutter-free living. I am in no way saying that clutter-free living is a cure. Let's just get that out of the way right now. However, there is a direct correlation between our environments and our levels of stress, anxiety, depression, happiness. And it really makes sense when you think of the importance of habitats for absolutely any animal in existence, from a fish in its fishbowl to a hamster in its hamster cage to elephants out in the wild, like every single animal is directly and greatly influenced by their habitat. And we are no different. We are absolutely influenced in many ways by our habitat. So again, today I'm just going to peel back the curtain to the real and direct impacts that I've received from clutter-free living as it relates to my mental health, particularly anxiety and depression. Now, I've experienced depression and anxiety since I was at least 16 years old. Um, At 16 years old, I started being treated for it. It used to be to where I was afraid to to socialize with other people because my face would get so bright red. So I couldn't even hide my anxiety because if I was talking to a boy or to, you know, new friends that I really wanted to get in close with, my face and actually my entire body would look like a lobster. It was so embarrassing. And it really deterred me from making a lot of those relationships early on. So trust me, I know what it feels like to feel completely out of control of your mind and your body and unable to do some of the things that you want to do because of either anxiety or depression holding you back from that. All of this stuff is obviously weird and awkward to talk about, but I'm going to do it anyway because I think that it's important that people see a correlation and maybe even see some kind of a hopeful method to relieve some of the tension and some of the stress and anxiety and depression that you may be experiencing on a daily basis. Now, actually, one of my worst depressive episodes happened right before I came into this clutter-free living and, and looking at living a more intentional lifestyle. That's actually what led me to where I am today was just this whole defeated depression that I was in at that time. It was probably about a decade ago now, probably one of the worst depressions I've ever had, maybe. Um, and, and it was one of those moments to where things felt so 
empty. Like I couldn't get satisfaction out of anything. Nothing felt good. Nothing made me happy. It was that, that whole numbing feeling. Those of you have ever experienced depression, you know what that feels like. Um, and I was looking externally, of course, I was looking for anything that was going to make me feel better. And on this whole research of, um, you know, happiness journey, I came across things talking about your environment. So I really started diving into your environment and that is what led me to where I am today. And it helped, you know, I, I think that it's that it gave me some hope and some sense of control over things that I could do to make myself feel better. And since then I've gotten so much better at it. Like whenever I start feeling just a little bit of that, that dampening or a little bit of that numbing coming on, I have like a whole list of things that I go through because I know myself, I know it works. You know, I I have enough self-awareness to know that it's not going to last forever. And that if I do things like going out into nature, getting sunshine, you know, moving my body, taking a walk, things that are kind of counterintuitive to what you actually feel like doing when you're in depression. I know that if I go through these processes, the things that are going to help pull me out and make me feel better. So like I said, I started doing research. I came across all of these psychological based research studies that I'll share with you later um, that really were interesting to me as a very left brained analytical type of person. And it just made sense to me. You know, it made sense that our environments and our habitats would have a direct impact on all of these things, including our mental health. Now, most of us don't need studies or research to explain that to us because you can just feel it. You can feel the difference from walking into one space that's more calming, has more is more spacious, has more natural light. You can feel a physical difference from that to a place that feels overly crowded and dampening and dark. You know, like our, our bodies and our brains are programmed essentially to respond to those types of differences in our environment. But I will say, and this is probably a conglomeration of a bunch of different changes that all happened at once, because when you start changing your mindset in one area, how many of you know it dominoes out into other areas as well? Um, So when I started to make these intentional changes and take personal responsibility and do what I was able to do to help myself and to help the state of my mental health, um, I... I have had very few episodes since making these changes. And a big part of that, I do contribute to making those changes inside of my environment, to creating the space, to, you know, creating a space that feels supportive to me on a daily basis. I do think that it's important. I do think that it's been a huge factor in me not having so many depressive episodes uh, or bouts of anxiety like I, like it used to be. It used to be like a roller coaster. I'm telling you, if you feel like you're ever on the roller coaster, highs and lows and ups and downs, that used to be what I feel what I felt like. And nowadays that is not the case. I'm very stable. Every day I feel good. You know, I wake up feeling happy to be where I am. Another thing that I really gained, especially early on when I first started studying and learning about minimalism specifically, was that the concept of minimalism I felt offered me freedom from some of the pursuits that I was on that were making me unhappy. It really helped me to change my personal perception of success, which I feel at that time was a a very big driving force in some of my depression and anxiety was that I didn't feel like I was being as successful as I wanted to be, or, you know, I wasn't reaching certain standards that I was hoping to reach. And when I really started looking into getting back to the simple basics and the core of what's truly important, it just opened up a whole new world that was like, 
a weight was lifted, if that makes sense. It's like a weight was lifted off of this mindset that I had had for my entire life. Like it reassured me that it was okay not to pursue straight success and accumulation, that it was okay to pull back, to rest, and to look toward other things to find my happiness. So the third thing I want to share with you is a more tangible result. A while back, probably close to a year ago now, um, I had another depressive episode. You know, my happiness threshold just felt like it was lowered and nothing sounded satisfying, just the same old thing. So I got up, I went through my routine, like I shared with you. I went outside, I got some air, I moved my body, got some exercise. I started listening to my meditations that helped make me feel a little more centered and balanced. And everything was fine. It was completely gone within a week or two. But here's the thing. And it's something that I didn't truly appreciate until I was out of the fog. And that's that I was able to take that time for myself without the house piling on top of me. You know, I was able to withdraw and not take care of the stuff that I usually take care of. I was able to rest and just take that time of rest for myself and and everything didn't fall apart. And that was so huge. I mean, what a support system right there inside of my home that I didn't have to come back from taking care of myself and then immediately start taking care of everything else that had piled on top of me while I was resting. So to me, practicing clutter-free living or minimalism, whatever level you're considering, means that I can take a step back without being buried alive by messes and unfulfilled to-do lists. Now, I don't want you to leave today without the facts, so I'm going to direct you to this video that I have on the psychological effects of clutter according to science. If you feel overwhelmed by clutter, trust me, it's not just you, it's a real thing. So you can find the research around that and why that is in this video here. And as usual, if you want to see how to create a holistic clutter-free space for yourself, then I have a free class that you can watch right now where I share the five key ingredients to creating just that. I'll catch you next time.